and welcome back to another episode of Animation Broadcast and Cinema, and my name is Bo Allen. In this week's edition, I'm battling a cold, but I'm fighting through it for the content. Wow, you're going to skip my intro? Well, I was going to get to you. How are you? I was going to say, how are you feeling, loyal co-host? Uh, well, my name's Jacob Rodier, <laughs> if you don't know already. <laughs> um, I'm doing much better than you are, supposedly. I'm fighting through it. I just drank some tea, trying to get my throat feeling better. You know, we're an, we're an audio medium. Our voices are, are our instruments. Yeah, we wish you the best. Thank you. All right, so we're going to kick it off here with the top 10 box office hits of 2021. Um, and as you noted in our little outline here, eight out of 10 of them are sequels and prequels. Uh, yeah, well, I, I counted Shang-Chi as a sequel prequel, even though it's not. Um, but just because it's a franchise. It's a so. sequel. I mean, yeah, it's definitely a sequel. I would, I would say. Okay. It's a sequel to um, every other Marvel movie. But yeah, I'll read them off real quick. So this is a worldwide box office. Uh, so No Time to Die, number one at seven sixty three mil. Fast Nine at seven twenty six mil. Venom: Let There Be Carnage at four eighty three mil. It's a big drop off from F nine to Venom. Um, but that's also because I think China loves Bond and Fast Nine. Yep. Um, Godzilla vs. Kong at 467 mil, which is honestly so shocking because it was on HBO Max same right. day. We'll get to that. Uh, I, I have some thoughts on that. So. Yeah, I'll read them off quick. Um, so, so then Shang-Chi at 431 mil, Eternals 384 mil, Dune 382 mil, which just passed Black Widow, which is awesome. I don't think anyone saw that coming. Um, Black Widow at 379 mil. Free Guy at 331 mil, and then A Quiet Place Part 2 at 297 million. Um, so, I mean, did you count... <coughs> so, Free Guy is obviously one of the ones that isn't a prequel or a sequel. And That's really the only original movie I was about to say, Dune list. is still a book and a remake. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, true. A Quiet Place Part 2 is, like, the smallest still a part of a growing franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is shocking a horror movie made it onto the list, but it's also because not that many movies have come out. I think A Quiet Place 2, the first one is obviously like a movie that people really love, and the second one was very, very hyped, and it was hyped, it was one that was supposed to come out before the pandemic even started, you know, it was like a mid-March release, and people were excited to see it then, and then it was the movie that opened theaters back up, pretty much, I think, and... Uh, at least the first one to get a wide release. I don't know. Uh, obviously, people saw it, um, and it wasn't on streaming services. You know, it's the same thing with right. F Nine, which came out a little bit later. It wasn't on streaming. You had to go see it. Was Godzilla before A Quiet Place? Godzilla was before A Quiet Place, but then there was a big lull until the summer started. Godzilla right, came right. out in like March 2021. Yeah, which is, is shocking. It got so high, but I, I'm guessing. Did it release in China? It did release in China. Um, Yeah, they love it over there. It did big overseas. It did big here. It was huge here, even on opening weekend, um, because people got to see giant monsters fight on big screen. It itches that part of my lizard brain where I need to go see it. Yeah, I think most people kind of realize, especially for that movie, because people had context going in, that that's a movie you got to see in Mm -hmm. theaters. It's like, I mean, like any Marvel movie, like Dune, like... You know, um, 
Yeah, but less for Dune because people don't really know much about Dune going in as much as they did for Godzilla vs. Kong. I think more people had context for that, so that's why they like fled to the theaters, and I think Dune was more word of mouth afterwards. I think with the Dune trailers and stuff, they were trying to make it seem like you had to see it in theaters. Yeah, they were definitely pushing it. Um, and it worked. It did work. Because look where they oh are. God. <coughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. This is going to be a great show. Um, <laughs> Stick so, with us. <laughs> so, um... Anything in de- will anything in December snag one of these spots is a is a really tough call I think. Well, I mean the obvious right now is Spider Man, which I think will hit number one out of all of these. Yes, I do too, but I don't know if it, it won't do it before the year ends. That's for sure. Oh, um, let's say let's just say movies that come out in twenty twenty one, box office. It'll beat them. It'll beat all of them. I think. Yeah. Do you think it'll cross the the one billion mark worldwide? Uh, I remember, I think we played this game a little bit yesterday, but nobody dared to say that. Or last week. Um, I don't know. One billion, man. That's that's a lot. Uh, it is, especially now that like COVID's kind of rising a little bit again. Yeah, Omicron variant. It's a tough call. I'm um, I'm gonna be bold and say I think it does it. I'm just gonna. I got faith in, in Peter. Yeah, I think it can get there, too. Um, all right, so obviously Spider-Man's going to knock these out of the water. Yes. Most likely, for the most part. Um, well, do you want to read off the December slate, and then we can talk about if any of these are going to potentially um, take off one of the top ten? Yeah, we can. I'll knock this out real quick. We have Nightmare Alley being directed by Guillermo del Toro, Red Rocket with... Directed by Sean Baker, West Side Story, directed by Steven Spielberg, Being the Ricardos, another Aaron Sorkin movie, Don't Look Up, which is directed by Adam McKay, Matrix Resurrections, which is directed by Lana Wachowski, uh, the other, what's the other Wachowski sister name? I can't remember. I don't know. She's not a part of this movie, I guess. No. But The King's Man, which is directed by Matthew Vaughn, The Tragedy of Macbeth, which is Joel Cohen. Uh, without his brother, so two sibling mm-hmm. pairs broken up over, over yeah. movies. Licorice Pizza, which is Paul Thomas Anderson, and Spider-Man No Way Home, John Watts. We already hit that. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, I could see West Side Story doing numbers. Yeah. Yeah, We again, we talked about this a little last week, but yeah, I do think so too. West Side Story is it's a huge musical that I think it's actually one of the most popular musicals ever. It's one of the most iconic, um, for sure. Yeah. Like everyone knows what it is, on top of Spielberg, um, directing it, the biggest name in movies. I think it does have a chance. The only thing is, I feel like West Side Story does have a an older audience, um, and I don't know if this older audience is going to go to theaters. Another problem it has is musicals have not been doing well recently, at all. Hmm, that like, is true. Ter- like really bad <laughs> it's been bad for musicals um and on top of that we don't have to go into this but ansel elgort is not the most popular guy right now no um, but i think i think that's something that people I, I i don't think that's the biggest problem for this movie honestly no i don't think it's the biggest but i think that might um take some people away from it i don't know don't know either. But it is it is a controversy around the movie. So yes, 
But sometimes, you know, that stuff is good for movies, unfortunately. True. Know? True. And some people take a no, uh, any press is good press approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, I do believe in that. So, um, nightmare. Yeah, Whoa, I, sorry. No, I was gonna say I do think West Side Story has a chance. Yeah, I do too. Um, uh, while I will go see Nightmare Alley, I unfortunately don't think that has a chance. No. Um, <coughs> although I, God, I think the only one besides um, West Side Story would be Matrix. Well, I'll get to that in a second. I do want to talk about Nightmare Alley for a second. Um, okay. This is, I, I was reading about it, not a traditional Guillermo del Toro movie as there are no monsters in this. How do we mm. feel about Guillermo going away from monsters? I don't know. Um, I mean, Shape of Water, yeah, it had one monster. That's a monster. But yeah. it didn't, I guess, I guess it's a monster movie, but it didn't focus. I don't know, that wasn't like, it wasn't just like, hey, look at this monster the whole time. Like, it had a whole story around it, and the monster just happened to be there. It hinged um, on the monster. Yeah. But, I, no, I, I still think Del Toro can do his thing without a monster. I'm sure he'll integrate some sort of fantasy element to it. I mean, are you lo- – I think that, too, but are you – I mean, I'm looking at his filmography right now. It's all monsters. Right. Except for his untitled Michael Mann documentary that's coming out. Oh, my God, yes. I did not know he was doing that. Oh, that's when I need a year or something. Oh, my God. Yeah, Bo is a huge Michael Mann fan. Greatest filmmaker to ever exist. (laughs) He does a masterpiece. Um, So we were talking about this earlier today. Uh, I was texting you about this. Red Rocket, which we've mentioned on the show before and talked about on the show. Um not a wide release yet, although I it, everything says it's coming soon, you know, December 10th, but it's not. It's just New York and L.A. Yeah, Baker tweeted this morning that it's only showing in New York and L.A. this weekend, and then it's probably going to extend next weekend. I think it depends on how it does. That's frustrating. But it most likely will. Um, that's, a I would say, a highly anticipated by the more f- nerd People who are nerdy about movies, I think. Yeah, I think that's going to have a very, very, very niche audience. I don't know if it's even going to do well at box office. Probably not. not. Um, But yeah, I'm sure that that niche audience will go see it. Yeah, for sure. Um, He definitely has a dedicated fan base. Any big Simon Rex fans, too. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Like both of us. Huge Simon Rex fans. As you can tell, when we talked about this, right? (laughs) <laughs> um, being the Ricardos is one that I have not heard much about at all. Have you heard anything about this? Well, I just saw directed by Aaron Sorkin and immediately turned away from it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it is. Sorkin has a very, inter- I have a very interesting relationship with Sorkin. <laughs> I I think he's a phenomenal writer. Yeah, this is. Directing's a whole nother thing. Though. He's Well, he's only directed two movies. Yeah. Uh, you're not a big, <laughs> what are you? Is he? I like Molly's game. Yeah, big Molly's game. Right on it. No, uh, I thought it was alright. And Charles Chicago Seven, not for you. No, um, but I I have seen some reviews coming in, and they're not that great. So yeah, I'm not. Expecting I'm sure much. Nicole Kidman is great. I'm sure the acting is probably great. The <laughs> writing's probably phenomenal. Javier Bardem's in it. I mean. Yeah, J.K. Simmons is in it. It's got great actors. Tony Hale, he's great. Um, that's uh, that's an Amazon release, right? 
That, I I think it might be. It comes out this weekend, Amazon Original Movie. It's going to be really interesting to see if I click on this one or not. <laughs> it took. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'll get around to it. I do think it might get some acting noms. I've been seeing it buzzed around a lot, but eh, it's on the end of my list right now. It took me a long, long time to finally click on The Trial of the Chicago 7 when it came out. Yeah, same. And I was like... I, I, I was talking to you about it around this time when the Oscars were gearing up and stuff because wasn't it a little earlier last year, right? Yeah. Um, and I was just... I, I, there was more interesting things to watch even when I had watched every other Best Picture nominee. I was just like, yeah, but I'd rather, I'd, I'd rather watch... Uh, this i'd rather rewatch heat for the 10th time like (laughs) this week speaking of amazon there's another amazon original coming out this coming weekend Mm. encounter with riz ahmed um it's like a sci-fi movie yeah Um, that has a big that's been getting a lot of acting buzz for riz ahmed i heard he's like incredible in it so i Um, saw that too um had not but i'm definitely gonna check that check that out before uh the ricardo movie is that coming out this weekend? Yes. I had heard about that. Or no, I hadn't heard about that. I was looking at these lists and stuff, trying to figure out what's coming out. Um, now I don't see it on the upcoming releases. I'm pretty sure it's this weekend. I was on Amazon. I think that might be where I saw it too, actually. Yeah, I was on Amazon and I clicked on the thing and it said uh, this weekend. Huh. I want. Well, do you think maybe it's already out? This is we're we're killing the research. No, it's not. I I checked this yesterday. Hmm. Interesting. Well, um, but yeah. So I'm excited for that one. There's aliens and Riz Ahmed. You know, I'm kind of I'm strapped in on that one. I think. Yeah. Two things I love: aliens and Riz Ahmed. Um, this is what we're still while we're still on the uh, topic of Amazon. Have you seen the uh, new Jack uh, Reacher show they're doing? The trailer I haven't for that? seen any of the Reacher movies, so uh, the re the first one with Tom Cruise is really really fun, but this new show called Reacher is Alan Richson, who I think is most known for playing Thad Castle in Blue Mountain State. Uh, oh right, right. He was also Gloss in Hunger Games: Catching Fire, and he was Raphael in the Ninja Turtles movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, he's also in Titans. I forgot about that because I haven't really seen that show. But he's playing Jack Reacher, and he seems pretty funny in it. He seems very charismatic, and uh, takes place in Georgia. So I'm, I'm, in, I'm interested. Amazon, they put a lot of money into their original content. They do, like they, and they also just throw a lot at the wall to see what sticks. It's not yeah, always and I great. think it's just Bezos because he's the richest guy in the world. It's just like, right. yeah, yeah, take $100 million. Do this. Um, quick side note, speaking of Amazon again. God. Have you seen the show Zero, Zero, Zero? It's a miniseries. I have not. It's with Dane DeHaan. Um, Ooh. I'm blanking on the other names. I just know Dane DeHaan right now. But it's like an eight-episode miniseries, and it's the most expensive show ever made. I'm pretty sure... What? It was like a hundred million per episode, I think. Um, I might be wrong on that. Don't quote me on that. But I know it's one of the most expensive shows ever made, and it's because it takes place in like five countries. It's about the uh, international like drug trade for like cocaine. I'm pretty sure. Right. And it, like it takes place like it shows the seller, the buyer, and then also um, the cartel trying to like interfere. 
So it just it takes place all over the world. They shot it in all these like exact locations. It's just the most it, when you when you see it when you watch it you'll see it's just so you can tell how expensive it is because they had to just go to all these like insane locations. They had to have all these insane vehicles. It was so well done. Um, great show too. So but yeah, it, it's just insane that Bezos kind of just threw all this money at this like little mini series, and I feel like it got no marketing or buzz at all because no one's ever heard of it. Um, it actually came out in 2020. Yeah, it came out last year. Right. Reportedly shot for a budget of $160 million. $160 yeah. million. Dollars. Yeah, for an eight-episode miniseries. That's insane. Ins- Wait, it says it's a Sky original. That's a Lon- That's an English company. Uh, I'm pretty sure Bezos funded it. It is on Prime. It is on Prime. But I wonder yeah, if it it's was a Prime original. If it was through that company. That's, I know. Yeah, that's there wild. was another company, but yeah, Amazon threw the money at it. That's interesting. But yeah, it's, it's insane that Bezos kind of just like throws all this money at these uh, content and just see what sticks. But I don't blame him because that's kind of what other companies are doing, just at a, a lower budget. Right. He just has more money than all the companies combined. <laughs> exactly. Um. All right. Moving on. Yeah. B- back to the list. Don't look up. I I don't know how to feel. I mean, the reviews came in what, a few days ago. Not great. But, um, well, on IMDb, it's 7.5 out of 10 for the user reviews. So, yeah. I think it's just very middle of the road and not as good as was expected. I think a lot of people were kind of anticipating this movie. Well, yeah, because it has a star-studded cast. Like, it's an insane cast. Right. Um, it's like you're, you're almost ex- – you kind of, like, expect it to be good because of this cast. Um, um, but, yeah, it seems – I've read some reviews of people who love it and some people who hate it. It kind of seems like if you're into McKay's recent style, like, you're, you're going to like it. It's very McKay. Um, and if you're not, you're not. Yeah, I got an interesting relationship with McKay, too. He's, yeah, I haven't seen Vice yet, so I, I can't comment. I haven't either, but I mean, he. But the most recent thing he's done that I've seen is the Anchorman Two. So we're not. Did you see to, the Big Short? I did see the Big Short. Oh, that did come out right after I have seen the Big Short. But mm-hmm. even still, I mean, not a lot of it, 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 his the filmography is all over the place. Yeah, totally. Um, I actually I, I liked Anchorman too, not as much as Anchorman, but I liked Anchorman. Too. <coughs> Anchorman I thought it was funny. Anchorman two could have Dumb been fun. two movies, and like half of it kind of sucks, but the other half is pretty good. Um, now Matrix Resurrections, Lana Wachowski, like I mentioned, I I don't I want to I hope it gets into that top ten because I love Matrix stuff. The thing is, I think this has the same problem as West Side Story. Is that they're banking on an older audience. Yeah, but not that much this, older. The, fair, but still, it, it's still it's like a, it's almost a nostalgia factor, especially for this movie. It's almost a reboot. So I feel like they're banking on all the people who who liked the original. Right, but they also have very marketable stars that a lot of people know. Yeah, yeah, Abdul Mateen is hot right mm. now. Neil Patrick Harris, everybody our age, I think a lot of people just love him. Um, Carrie Ann Moss is very, I mean, she, people love her character from Matrix. Keanu Reeves is in the ultimate renaissance right now. Uh, Christina Ritchie is pretty well known. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. and 
it's a it's an iconic franchise. It just is. It's a it's one of the staple franchises that I think everybody has to see. Priyanka Chopra Jones yeah. also is is hot right now. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, it also is really kind of the only. I mean, no, I was gonna say the only action movie, but then Spider Man. But well, besides Spider Man, it's really the only other action movie in December. It has all that good stuff going for it, but. It's also being released on HBO. Right. So I think that's going to kill it. But hey, so was Dune, and now look where Dune is. Right, but that's Dune, and this is a reboot of a 20-year-old yeah. franchise. Yeah, back to, the, back to Dune. It's interesting that Dune passed Black Widow when Dune was free on HBO Max and Black Widow was $30 on Disney+. Plus. I don't know if that I don't think that counts as box office. No, I'm not saying the streaming does, but I'm saying the it was free on HBO Max, meaning more people would have watched it at home. Versus Black Widow, more people would have gone to the theater because it's thirty bucks. I, I I don't think that thirty bucks is swaying anybody to go to the theater, dude. I mean, think about it. If you're going, unless you're going by yourself, it's cheaper to watch it at home, and in some cases, it's cheaper to watch it at home. By, uh, by yourself. Yeah, I yeah, I guess I'm I'm it, not counting families, but yeah. If I'm going to see Black Widow and I'm going to see it at like an eight o'clock time slot or seven o'clock, I'm paying fifteen dollars for my ticket. And then if right. I want to get a popcorn and a drink and a, a candy or something, which is uh, uh, the big three for a lot of people, that's probably another fifteen dollars, if not more. Okay. Yeah. Fair. And plus, with that thirty dollars, you get it until you know it's free so you can watch it if you want to watch it again like mm-hmm. um that wasn't a bad call by disney at all no i don't think so and it was far more affordable i think for a lot of people yeah all right moving on Kingsman. no i don't think that's gonna make no much money at all but it would have made a ton of money i think in a non pandemic non everything's on streaming era yeah i also think it's just coming out at a bad time people love the kingsman movies yeah Macbeth probably gonna make nil (laughs) at box office a lot but you better bet your ass i'll be there on day one oh hell yeah um speaking of that movie there was a free imax screening in new york this past weekend and you didn't go tragedy of Macbeth. And I was so tempted to go, but I did not, unfortunately. Idris Elba or Denzel Washington? Because, I don't know why I said Idris because Elba. Because one of the, one of the reasons that swayed me from it was because one it's free, which is awesome, but you couldn't reserve your seat or reserve a ticket or anything. Oh, so you just you're had to show up. Line. So I could have. I don't know how crowded it was, but I'm assuming it, there was in one showing in New York or maybe two showings in New York. It's yeah. going to be packed. They they advertised it too. Like it's gonna be packed, and I did not feel like waiting in the cold for like three hours to see this movie. So, what even did, though it was free, what did you uh, what did you think of Shakespeare when you were in high school? You anti or pro? I hated Shakespeare oh, really? so much. I didn't I like I didn't mind like the the stories and everything, but I just couldn't stand like the his style and his like his language. I understand it's from that time or whatever, but like I just could not get into it no matter what. I tried, but. I love Shakespeare, me. man. I love it. Um, yeah. I need a I need a modern or not a not even a modern Hamlet adaption. I need a good Hamlet adaption. 
like from like a Coen Brothers. Because I don't feel like we've ever really gotten Hamlet. Like right. that modern Romeo and Juliet where they have guns. The Leo one. Yeah. No. Um, he, there's three I think big Hamlet adaptions. There's the Kenneth Branagh one, which is pretty good. I've seen that. The Mel Gibson one. I haven't seen that. And then the Ethan Hawke one that came out four years after oh, yeah. Branagh's, and that one he's like a tech like owner of owns a company instead of like a kingdom, you know. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I know what you're talking about. That's why I don't need it in like contemporary times. I don't need Hamlet's dad to be like the head of like Apple. I need, I just want like you can set it in. I, like early 1900s, I think, is when Kenneth Branagh is. So the clothing is a little bit more closer to modern, but you're still the royal family is a lot more important and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's what we need again, but with like a, a, a big cast from today. I hope Tr- Big Beth does well, so we can get more stuff like that. Let's pitch it to Apple. I would love to. First, uh, they get the first look. I'll set up a meeting next week. I'm and I'm on. Be ready. Oh shit! I'm on. William Shakespeare has a fucking IMDb. I'm on his IMDb. We're getting. What? Oh my god! Yeah, he does have an IMDb. He's he's credited. Um, and uh, what's in, his profile picture? It's uh that painting of or the pencil sketch <laughs> of him. Modern adaption of Shakespeare's Hamlet set in London. There's no director. No director yet, but there is. Is a that star. his most recent? Uh, it's one of the. He's got a lot coming out soon. A King Lear. Um, another much ado about lo- nothing. He's Wait, got a bunch of stuff. Like, go through his filmography. Scroll all the way down. Does it have like his original works on there? I don't. I don't know. I can't. There's one thousand six hundred and forty-one writing. Credits. Oh my god! I, someone went through that and listed all his credits. That's insane. Now hang on. Riz Ahmed is Hamlet. Mm. Oh, I am in. <clears throat> god. Good lord. All right, we're pitching it to Apple next week. Well, it's it's too late. You got it. Oh, shit. 1898. Why is there a credit from 1898 on IMDb? Shakespeare, man. Mc... Was this a... Mo- was this filmed? Macbeth. It was Macbeth. 1898. They have a star, a star listed. Johnston Forbes a, Robertson. It might be a play. I don't know if they have plays on... I don't think they do. I think it's the Internet Movie Database. Oh, it does say if it's a play beside it. Mm-hmm. Yes, these are all plays. I wonder when the yeah, first... Yeah, makes sense. Those first... were technically movies back then. Right. I wonder when the first non-play is. Let me see. If, like, that like, TV movie Yeah, play. the first recorded version of the like, Shakespeare I just, story. I want the first movie adaption of a Shakespeare yeah. story. These are all plays. Some of them are plays that were recorded then run on television. Okay, it is a TV... Se- nope, that's a play. That's a play. Uh, TV series. Nope, that's a play. <laughs> damn it. TV series, three-part play. Plays. God damn. I mean, I get that they're plays, but, like... I'm in this. Known for. I know, but I just want some. I want an adaption. I don't know. This is terrible podcasting. We're not doing a great job right now. All right, Liquor's Pizza. You've seen it. It's not going to break the box office. No, it won't. That sucks. Yeah, I don't think it's going to make any money. Yeah, 
I hate that. Yes. Well, actually, no. I do think it will make money. But It'll it won't make, make money on initial release. What's going to happen is it's going to bomb in the beginning. And then it's going to get all this Oscar buzz. It's going to get nominated a crap ton of times. Probably win some stuff. And then it's going to re-release in theaters. And then it's going to make some money. Yes. It's going to be uh, a classic trend. Same thing happened with Moonlight. No one saw it in the original. Then it got won the Oscar. And then everyone saw it. But I don't think it's going to make like tons of money. I don't think it's even going to do Moonlight money. No. No, I don't think so. It's not that type of film. Um, but yeah, definitely go see it because it's phenomenal. What a world we live in. And then... And yeah, and that's it for December. Spider-Man, yep, we hit that already. But speaking of Spider-Man, we got Tom Holland playing Fred Astaire in a new biopic. And I like that a lot. I think it'll be Yeah. Good. Sure. It's from Sony. Who else are they going to choose? Yep, I mean, when you've... I think it's... Uh, when you work with a star so many times and you've got some goodwill from them, you know, and you, I, I mean, I don't think there's anybody better they could really go to for this, right? It's either him or T- Timothy Chalamet. Those right. are the only two options right now. But, I mean, I'm not even mad at that. That's how it's always been, you know. These are, those two guys are probably like the next Brad Pitt and Leo, you know? Mm, that's a good way to think about it. There's always two, pretty much. You know, Al Pacino, De Niro. Uh, Ed Norton never have a moment like that. Ed Norton Interesting. Was... Yeah, I wonder if Chalamet and Holland are going to get like linked like that. We had like Pacino and De Niro, and then it was you know Schwarzenegger and um, Sylvester Stallone for the action era. Um, there's always two, pretty much. Wow. Yeah. That's a great way to, th- to put it. All right, yeah. So maybe they'll be the next uh, Clooney and Pitt. Okay. Who knows? I said Leo and Pitt, didn't I? Oh, Leo and Pitt. Sorry. Yeah. Would I mean, it be Clooney and Pitt? You think? No, not Clooney and Pitt. Who's too old? Okay. Fair. It looks too old, at least. It's Leo. And but Pitt. yeah, I, I think Holland and and Chalamet are kind of in a huge phase right now with all production companies. As they should be. They're talented guys and they're charismatic guys and they're just fun to watch do things on screen. Yeah, but maybe it might just be because we're young and we're kind of like, like you said, we're, we're kind of like the first ones experiencing like a come up of like these rising stars. Mm-hmm. Like maybe this is how our parents or the previous generations felt with like um, Leo or yeah. whoever. Are you getting burnt um, out? Am I, I, I'm, I'm kind of getting burnt out a little bit. Like not not really burnt out but i just don't want to see them in every movie every big movie that's coming out you know like i, I want i want to change the pace i want someone else i want a, a new star like give it to someone else you know well then somebody else should you know challenge the throne yes yeah, who's gonna be good looking these, who's gonna beat these guys right now i feel like a lot of it's genetics <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um <coughs> uh, also speaking of uh sony venom 3 confirmed today actually yes andy circus is returning i can't wait i don't think there's any surprise there i love it ah venom the best it's crazy that like they're not really good movies who cares but they're doing so well in box office and they're just gonna keep making them is and- there like an 
I got. I was gonna say. Yeah, I was gonna say. Is there another series that has like objectively kind of bad movies that are that do so well? But Fast and Furious. It was about. I was about to roll my eyes so hard if you didn't yeah. get that. Um, yeah. and plus yeah, I think they do exist. Tom Hardy just freaking loves making those movies. Like he just he loves playing Venom. Yeah, the, these movies would not work without Hardy. No, and like he's like I think he's like praying every time they do a new one. Just we need a box office hit so I could keep doing this weird <laughs> character that I have for some reason so attached to. Like he yeah. genuinely enjoys it. It's not a check for oh, him. Yeah. It's a, pa- no, it's you a can t- passion project of his. Yeah, you can totally see it on screen too. He's, he's like, having so much fun at the character. He's reading both of their lines, you know, and he's like got an earpiece to feed him in Venom's line. He's a, he's a crazy person about this stuff and I love it. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe this will turn into the next Fast franchise. It would be 10 Venoms. would cry happiness. Because the wacky stuff we can do with that character, oh, give it all to me. Yeah, I hope they get, like, super wacky and super self-aware. That would be awesome. Because it kind of is heading in that direction right Right. now. I'd love it. Um, Mm. God, I love Venom. What have you seen this week, buddy? Um... Not much. It's been a late week. Uh, I've had a lot of editing work I had to do. But um, the main movie I saw was this movie called Emma with one M, not two M's. <laughs> There's another movie with Anya Taylor-Joy called Emma. Um, but this one I found because of Pablo Lorraine, who is the director, who also made Spencer, which came out when I was a big fan of this year. Um, so I wanted to check out his previous work, and this was his most recent called Emma. Um so I said to you earlier, but uh, it basically is climax and like marriage story combined, which is a crazy combination. Um, it's basically this like visualize visualizer slash music video, um, like a lot of dancing, but it's about like a a breakup in a, in a relationship, um, and it's very like Terrence Malicky at times. It doesn't really like the story to kind of flows. It's really in it's like its own little world. Um, mm-hmm. And it took me a minute to really like get into it, but once I was like in it, it, it like I was in it, it was awesome. Um, I really enjoyed it. I would highly recommend. And it has like you're not gonna kind of show sure where it's going until the end, um, but when the end hits, it's awesome. Everything just kind of just like clicks, and it's great. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed that. That was cool. Um, besides that, I w- randomly saw Denis Villeneuve's one of his old shorts that he made before he really got into features, mm-hmm. um, and it's called Next Floor. I think it's on like YouTube or Vimeo. You can just like find it online for free. Um, but it was pretty freaking awesome. You can definitely see like, um, I don't know, like his inspiration, I guess. Right. Um, but it's just, it's this crazy. I don't even know how to describe it. The VFX is crazy. Cinematography is really good. Um, it's very disturbing and very on the nose. Um, but for a reason. Um, but yeah, I think it's like 12 minutes definitely worth a watch it's on mm-hmm. youtube or vimeo other than that i watched some tv i started to watch the new season of curb your enthusiasm i'm a big curb fan um this new season's been pretty good a lot of great cameos woody harrelson he was great um john ham made his return he was awesome <coughs> um all their original cast they're they're still kicking it and they're they're doing great love it vince vaughn vince vaughn actually has like a much bigger role he's becoming like a main character basically he's in like every episode he is freaking awesome he like just fits in right with the rest of the curb characters 
Vince Vaughn is just like the perfect guy for them. It's it's amazing. That's great. He's great at improvising too. I love um, Vince Vaughn. And then yeah, then I also watched Hawkeye, which is yeah, it's pretty good so far. Um, I am watching Hawkeye too. I love Hawkeye. I haven't started Curb yet, um, but it's one of my favorite shows. <coughs> yeah. Oh my god, this new season is great. Um, so in the last week, I've actually watched a lot of movies. I watched all three of the new age Star Trek movies Hell last yeah. week, one after another, three days in a row. Lens and flare after lens flare. Yes, they a hundred percent, but they rule so hard. They're so oh, yeah, much they're great. fun. Yeah, Chris I Pine. Love those movies. Chris Pine is having the time of his life. No, yeah, they're great movies. Um, I don't think they they don't get a lot of flack, right? Uh, no, they get a lot of a ton of love. Yeah, like people just oh, yeah, they're they're great movies. Not like you know, not giving it five stars or anything, but people, mm. it's it's a definitely like a big like I think three star movie. Um, but people are just like, yes, this is so much fun. It's the best. Yeah. Um, it, I love those movies. They they are a ride and a half. If you like sci-fi stories, uh, definitely check out the those three Star Trek movies. J.J. <coughs> Abrams. Oh, my God. Um, I also watched, rewatched the third Matrix movie. Uh, I watched those earlier this year, and then I've been rewatching them. I have not them. seen the third one yet. You got to watch it. Um, it's really good. Really? You think it's worth it? People hate on it. I kind of like it. It's like a lot of stupid CGI fights, especially. I did like the second one, so. Yeah, I mean, the stuff in the city is, like, not exactly what you want to be seeing in a Matrix movie, you know? And, like, the CGI mm-hmm. fights kind of there look bad, but, like, it's so fun. Um, I've been Yeah, watching... I definitely want to check it out before the, the newest one. I've been rewatching it, for one, because of the newest one, and, uh, two, because my girlfriend hasn't seen them, and. Uh, Wait, she hasn't seen the first one. She hasn't seen any of the Matrix movies, but wow. until until this, you know, we just finished rewatching them with the third one this weekend. Did you know I was thinking about when did you first watch the Matrix? Like, how old were you? Uh, I was twenty two years old. It was at the beginning of this year. Oh, yeah. Okay, I was late. Well, it. I saw it when I was like really young, it break, like probably did, too young. Did it break you? Um, no, but I was rewatching it recently, and I just realized like. It, it kind of didn't click until I saw it now. Like, how disturbing of a film it is. Yeah, it's just terrifying. Like, yeah, like, especially, like, the, the worm scene when it's, like, in his body or, like, when they sew his mouth shut. There's just there's so many, like, creepy, like, terrifying scenes that they throw in there. Right. I was like, wow, I was really scarred by these as a kid. And just it kind of just, like, lost over me, just, like, remembering those memories when I was a kid just watching that, being like, what the fuck is this? In the first few minutes, we're breaking a wrist. Like on camera, <laughs> yeah. Then going into the Matrix Two and just like pulling the fucking tube out of like the head and all slimy and gross. It, it's just well, like, when they sh- when he gets in that chair for the first time and that it, what looks like a blade shoots into the back of his neck. You're yeah. just like, what are we doing? The ports all over each other and stuff. Ugh. I was I can't believe I watched that as a kid. Ugh, the porks, yeah. ports. Speaking of disturbing, I watched Climax. <laughs> From yes. 2018, uh, Gaspar No. Gaspar No. Uh, it was. It was, was this your introduction into Gaspar No? Uh, actually, well, <coughs> hang on. <coughs> wow, you're welcome, listeners. Um, mm-hmm. I had seen the first scene of his uh, 2015 film Love, 
and mm. turned it off immediately. Wow, really? Have you seen the first scene of Love? I've only seen Climax by him. I think Love is on Netflix. Go turn on the first scene of that movie. I'm, All right. I will make you – we're doing it during the break, um, and we can, we can open the next half with your thoughts on it. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Climax, though, I mean, it's fantastic. It's clearly it was clearly a very hard film to make, and oh my god, yeah, I was reading forty five minute one take. Well, I was reading it was like they were like besides how like high stress the scenes were, the set was very relaxed, and Gasparino said it was one of the most easygoing shoots he's ever had, and I was like, fucking how? Actually, if you watch yeah. Love, you'll understand how. Um, but yeah, it's just like pure chaos. It's anarchy. It's chaos. I loved it. I hated it so bad. I hated it so much. But I loved yeah, it. It, it. Yeah, it definitely like I was jarred by it when I first saw it. I had no idea what to think. And then it kind of was like over time, I started to like realize like the, the, the talent behind it, just like how, how great the story was and everything. It's just it's wild right. just to like experience it. Um, I was very impressed by it. This is his most like... Uh, I think widely acclaimed, most agreed upon, like good movie, and I think yeah. I was reading that made him mad because he doesn't want people to like his movies. He thinks they should be divisive. Of course, that's so Gasper now. <laughs> um, and I mean, he makes some divisive shit, so I understand. Very. Uh, and there's. I a- got a question for you about that movie. Okay. Um, this isn't a spoiler for our audience if they haven't seen it. In the beginning, so they have like the opening dance scene, which was very cool. And then they go into um, little like talking bits, where I you do, like two that. or three characters yeah. talking, and they go back and forth. But did you notice that every time it cuts, it went black for like one second, and then moved on to the next one? Yeah. Do you do you, do you know why they did that? I was so curious. Like, why would he like just en- enter this like black frame for like one second and then move on to the next cut? You know. Do you know why he it did was that? So interesting. Or is that what you're no. leading to? Um, no, I have no idea. I like I tried to look it up and I there was no um, answer online. I was, I'm thinking it's just. I wonder if it's something. I don't know that that I never really thought about it. <coughs> I think. <coughs> oh my god. The only thing I could think of is that no one else has ever done that ever. I don't think. Um, I mean, you just want it to be original. French directors love to play around with cut links and stuff like that. Yeah. Like legitimately. It's interesting. After every cut, there was just a one second black screen um no reason i think it might be kind of if i had to guess it was making you feel like all these people at this moment were separated because we had just seen them together mm. like the, if you, like they're separated in the beginning when they're one by one interview and then they yep. dance together and then they kind of break off into these little groups and they're separated and then they're all yeah. back together and then by the end of it they're all separating again but in a different way than we had originally seen yeah, true. Or maybe it was just emphasize <clears throat> the the one shot too. Right. Just be like, look at how many of these cuts are. We're gonna get you used to cuts, and then yeah. take it away. Um, right. It was very impressive, though. <coughs> oh my god. Yeah, I really want to know how he choreographed that whole thing. I do too. Um, That's so impressive, especially with the amount of people involved. I also, I, I, I think some of it is. Like in 1917, where like they just use editing to make it look like it's. Uh, no, it was cut. actually one take. What I read was it was 42 minutes, mostly unbroken. I think it was all unbroken. Oh, single unbroken 42 minute long take. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that was, yeah there was no cuts in there. 
first film to receive an R rating from the MPAA. What was Love? That came out before that. The Climax was the first rated R movie? That he's put out. Oh, Oh, was Love done for Netflix? It says it's TVMA. What television channels put that out there? Um, All right. You have anything left? I think we've hit everything. Yep. Not much big news this week. All right. Well, we are going to let the audience listen to an ad for our parents over at at, at, uh, Album Book Club magazine. And you're going to watch the love thing, and then we're going to come right back. Yes, you are. All right. Okay. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's Bo here to tell you about our sponsor, Album Book Club. It is a book club, but, you know, for albums. And uh, they have weekly picks that they put out on their Twitter, at Album Book Club 1, and they... Uh, have curators that choose picks week by week. Uh, it can range from hip hop to bluegrass to death metal to indie to pop. It's all over the place. Uh, it's a great way to discover new music. I've been following them and working with them for quite some time. They also put out their magazines on albumbookclub.com. They just put out an issue with Osar and Paris Price. Uh, they have great merch over there. It's all great-looking stuff. Um, definitely check them out. Give the Twitter a follow. Give the page um, a look. It's great stuff. You're not going to be disappointed. Good way to discover music. Let's get back to the movie. And we're back. Uh, Jacob watched Love. We're going to hit that first. How, how did you feel? Um, that's all there is to say for that literally uh, don't go watch it or watch it if you want to I don't know it's a hell of an opening that you're not expecting uh, don't watch it with your parents or any small children in the room <laughs> it is NC-17 for a, a reason it right? is quite the shot it's I might I say it's, it's one shot <laughs> there, so one, it's well, like a two, five minute one shot Two shots, if you think about it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, so if you want to get that joke, go watch it. On to our Christmas movie. <laughs> We're watching Die Hard. Jacob, Bubby, who's in this movie? I'm your white knight. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. On to Die Hard. <laughs> it's gonna be hard for me to not think about that scene while talking oh, about Jesus. this movie. <laughs> I just did a, I did a, I did the Ellis intro for you, man. All right, Die Hard, Bobby. the ultimate Here Christmas movie. That is not a Christmas movie, but uh, we'll t- we'll get into it. I actually do think this is a Christmas movie. Um, but anyways, Die Hard is about an NYPD officer who tries to save his wife and several others taken hostage by German terrorists during the, a Christmas party at the Nakatomi Plaza in Los Angeles. Um, directed by John McTiernan, who I have not seen many of his works. I've only seen Predator besides um, Die Hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's known for his action movies. Um, and this movie stars... The iconic action star Bruce Willis. This was during his prime. Um, Alan Rickman, who I completely forgot about when watching this. 
um, mm-hmm. who's an amazing villain. Um, Bonnie Bedelia, Reginald Vell Johnson, Paul Gleason. Um, that's basically it. Anyone else you want to mention? Um, in the cast? Yeah. Um, not not particular. I, don't, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's they, mostly it's, just Bruce Willis and Alan Rickman. Yeah, and I mean, Reginald Vell Johnson was known pretty well around that time. Um, probably a little less by now. Yeah. Um, but you know, always good to see Carl Winslow around. Yeah. Um, in terms and, of reception, what do you have anything left? No, I was going to pass it on to you. Um, in terms of reception, 72 Metacritic, um, I mean, I, it was a success for sure. I mean, it's become a tradition for many families. It made $600,000 in its opening weekend in 1988. It's pretty good. Uh, and it made 83 million off a budget of 28 million. So it was very profitable. Um, and the critic, you know, I think the critic reception, a lot of people saw it for what it was and were like, yeah, this is a fun mid it came out in the middle of the summer, so fun middle of the summer blockbuster um action movie, you know, that's really rewatchable. Uh but Roger Ebert gave it two stars. Um and he's in his he he talks about he doesn't like the script very much. What? Yeah, he said he doesn't like the. He really doesn't like the deputy chief. He thinks he's just pointless. The guy who's constantly like, get off the radio with yeah. Bruce Willis. Like, yeah, he's like that guy doesn't. Yeah. Interesting. Um, you know, but he does like the technical sides of it and the mm-hmm. action and such, which is hard not to like. You know. Yeah, I mean, this is an action um, movie. So. This is, like you said, the pinnacle of the Christmas movie that isn't about Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do you lean? Christmas or non-Christmas? It came out... The The things it has going against Christmas is that, for one, it's not about Christmas. It just takes place at Christmas. It is as summer of a blockbuster it gets. It's July... came out on July 20th. I mean, it is hot there. Um, and it doesn't have any of the typical wintry aspects we've come to know and love. You know? No, no snow. It's not cold. If it had been reversed and it was in New York City, I think that makes a bigger case for it, you know? Fair. Okay, but here's here's my reasoning why I think it is a Christmas movie. I was thinking about, because we were talking about this at the end of last pod, about what makes a Christmas movie a Christmas movie. And I feel like one of the main aspects is that if you take out everything Christmas-related in a movie, does it change the story at all? Like, does Christmas have, like, a severe impact in the actual story of a movie? Right. I feel like for this movie, it actually does have an impact. Um, one, Christmas music was in the score multiple yes. times. Um, that was a big part of it. Um, but two, story-wise, Gruber and his, his crew or his gang or whatever, they mentioned, um, I think once during the film, that <coughs> their plan for the, or their heist or whatever was they planned it on Christmas one because they knew security is going to be low and they knew this Christmas party is going to be happening and that there are going to be a, a bunch of people there and they needed hostages for the FBI to come and turn off the power. So that what Christmas was like a part of their plan. And right. if you, if you took out Christmas, uh, their plans ruined basically like it had to be on Christmas, you know? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think you can make the argument that any holiday would, any holiday party would work. Fair. Um, but that's not, I, I think what makes this a Christmas movie more than anything is people's perception of it. I think when it, when it, obviously in the shots during the daytime, like I'm watching it and I'm like, this doesn't, this just doesn't feel like a Christmas movie at all to me. But then when it gets nighttime for some reason and, like, the actual Christmas lights are up in the offices, I think it does feel a lot more Christmassy. I, I think I would have been really thrown off watching this in July in a movie theater. Like, Yeah, it is interesting I, it came out during the summer. I get, you know, they want the whole ride of the summer blockbuster thing. and But I think it would have been, I mean, Christmas time is another big sl- release slate. I think that would have made more sense as a release, but, you know, totally. who am I to question it? It's become one of the most enduring movies from that era. Um, yeah, and but, also the, the whole thing took place at night, too, which kind of gives it a right. more Christmassy vibe. Right. Um, Christmas Eve. Took place at Christmas Eve. Which also, um, going into the movie, weird for an uh, office party to have their holiday party on Christmas Eve. Like, yeah, usually it's the I day before, too. but, like, they're having it on Christmas Eve. Like, that's bold. Not Should even, they all be at their families right now? Not even the day before. Like, sometimes it's just in the middle of December. Yeah. And they're, yeah, like, yeah, the totally. office Christmas party. Yeah, yeah, like, I had my for my company. I just had my office uh, party, which was a week ago. It's December right. 8th right now. What are like what what are we doing over here? We're yeah on Christmas Eve. <laughs> yeah, like what you company gotta, is doing that? Mr. Tagagi is making you come in and celebrate how much richer he just got off this big deal we signed. Like <laughs> yeah, like that that kind of took me out for a second. I was like, what? <laughs> um, so you like you said you're you've said a few times on the show you're Jewish. Does your family still <laughs> do y'all gather around and watch Christmas uh, Christmas movies on Christmas Eve? Um, or any time together? No, I don't think we've all collectively sat down and watched a Christmas movie together. I mean, mm-hmm. if it's on TV, we'll watch it or whatever. But right. no, for for Christmas, we do like the traditional Jewish tradition, which is going to the movies um, and just watching whatever is in theaters, and then and going to have food, Chinese right? food. Yeah. Yep. Um, um, but no, I, I don't think we've actually collectively sat down and watched a, a Christmas movie together. <laughs> You're really combating those uh, stereotypes, I see. <laughs> um, no, we sit down and watch Adam Sandler movies. Right. <laughs> Jack and Jill. Uncut, Uncut Big Gems. Daddy, with the whole Uncut Gems. Yeah, the classics. Uncut, that's, that's a ride with the whole family, Uncut Gems. <laughs> Follow that up with Punch Drunk Love. Yep. Exactly. Um, so you don't have a, a long relationship with this movie? No. So um, I I haven't seen this movie in full, I don't think, in a long, long time. I've only seen it like when it's on TV. It's usually towards the beginning when I when I start watching and I just watch to the end. But I haven't really mm-hmm. sat down and watched it from beginning to end. It was like my first time really doing that. And I got to say, this, this film, like... It, I don't know why this time around, but it just like, it was so freaking good. I loved it. It it felt so refreshing. Like this feels like if it came out today, it would still would like kick ass. Like it would do it so well. Um, so that means you also haven't heard it uncensored, right? Until now. Oh, true. Yeah. Cause I really watched it on TV. Yeah. Interestingly enough, last night I was looking for a place to stream it because you know, I, I, I didn't want, I didn't want to rent it in the moment. Um, I don't really watch it enough to buy it, and it's not 
streaming on anything I own. I think it's on Peacock. But I found out through like my family's cable thing, I could stream it on their on-demand, but it was the sci-fi version. So I watched mm. the on-cable version for the first time, oh, actually. Wow. And I didn't know if it was going to be the cable like bleeped out or anything until he didn't say yippee ki motherfucker. And he, he just said yippee ki oh, He just said yippee ki And I was like, oh, oh did no. It like, did it cut or did it show his mouth moving and just muted it? I, it just muted it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. But was that, so was that the first time you had heard it? I mean, obviously that I've heard before. Yippee-ki-yay, right. motherfucker, is like the most notable quote from this movie. Um, but the first time you had heard it, watching it. Um, I feel like I've seen that. I mean, I don't know, because I have seen the other diehards, and he does say it in those. Um, oh, God. I'm sure so he does. Maybe, maybe I'm remembering it from there, but I feel like I have heard that before um but either way um yeah this is my first time watching it fully uncensored and i i don't know i was a huge freaking fan of this movie like it's it's incredible there's so many like when i was watching this i was like thinking about how there's like there's so many action movies that come out nowadays that yeah they have great action but they they kind of lack in every other department like this film had that amazing action but also just had like an amazing story it had flawless camera work the camera work was incredible in this um great score hilarious dialogue all the characters were were funny and like believable for the most part Mm -hmm. um yeah and it was just i was also incredibly satisfying too there were like no loose ends i could tie everything in a knot i love how it like i feel like most um especially for villains in most action movies they kind of like have to explain themselves a lot like their motive and like all this other stuff but this one all stays like very secluded in this building. It doesn't like go out and like try to explain its backstory or anything like that, which I love. Right. Um, but yeah, overall, I just this, this movie is amazing. It's awesome. It like it still holds up today, which is surprising. This movie is over twenty years old. That was one of the things I want to talk about was if it holds up, and I think every time I watch it, I agree with you. It's 100%, it's super yeah. fun. It's it's also well over twenty years old. Yeah. It's like thirty <laughs> years old. Thirty two probably. Yeah. 31 um yeah this movie came out today i think it would have done incredibly well right just slap a little like like, you know obviously clean up some cgi explosions a little bit and put it in 4k and we're rocking i honestly did not think the the cgi was that bad the only one that was like really noticeable was when he fell out of the building Um, you can can Um, see the little green screen behind him a little bit the green i think the the worst looking one for me is the wide shot of nakatomi and everything kind of just it's like the it looks like somebody uh, paints fire over it, you know, like that that style. Right, right. But, you know, it's to be expected. Um, yeah. I feel like most people see this, you know, when they're younger, so n- as you grow with it, you're not going to care. Yeah, there's nothing you can do about that. So Bruce Bruce Willis, uh, this, I, I would say, do you, the, I, I would say this made him a superstar, right? Um, uh, I, he had been in, he had been on TV and. I don't know. I wasn't born at this time, so I have well, no idea. I mean, he had been on. He had done a TV show. Uh, <coughs> oh my god! Um, he had been doing a TV show for a while, and then he gets Die Hard, and after that, he's um, he keeps doing his TV show for another year, and then it's movies, and he's voicing a baby, and look who's talking. That's a little different. Then it's Die Hard Two. Um, the Last Boy Scout comes pretty soon after. Um, 
it's very like it's up and down. He's doing a lot of movies every year, but mm-hmm. then it'll he'll get like a Die Hard with a Vengeance, and then he'll do Four Rooms, and then he'll do Twelve Monkeys. He did those three in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, he, then he gets he keeps doing these. Then he gets uh, Armageddon. Right, big one. And then he gets The Sixth Sense a little bit later, and then we get Unbreakable. Uh, He he rides that stardom, I'd say, pretty solidly. Still working. I mean, he's doing multiple movies a year, like sometimes three or four. I think he just he's in Grindhouse. Um, Yeah, he's all over the place. So when you think of Bruce Willis, I think you think of Die Hard immediately. I don't right. Think any you other think movie really comes to mind? That or Sixth Sense, uh, probably. Yeah. Uh, for me, but it's th- Unbreakable, actually. Okay, but uh, yeah, I think most people when they think of Bruce Willis, it's Die Hard. Right. This is um, definitely his most notable role. For sure, but what I'm I'm saying, um, it's it's weird. Like, he's he is a megastar. I think at this time, there's for for probably. 20 years, I'd say he's a pretty big star. I, I think maybe uh, Six Sense might be where it starts to decline. Like, those are his two tent poles, I think, of his stardom. Yeah. But uh, it's strange just why he – he's obviously getting paid a lot for these huge roles. But I think – do you think he just loves the grind and that's why he's putting out four movies in 1994, one of them being Pulp Fiction – one being a movie called North that I've never heard of. Another being Color of Night. Sorry, this one is a movie, but also being in a Muppets music video. Like, <laughs> oh, he was in a fourth movie that year, Nobody's Fool. I mean, I don't know, because a lot of actors, um, like we're seeing right now, we just talked about with Tom Holland and, and Timothy Chalamet. A lot of actors during their prime do a lot of movies. Um, and also actors in the beginning of their careers throw themselves into any movie they can hoping one gets a big break right but here's the thing he's doing this he, he's never taking a break he doesn't take a break at all 2010 one two three four five movies uh 2013 he did three 2012 he did one two three four five 2014 he did two 2015 he did three 2016 he did three 17, he did two. That's the lowest I've seen so far since Die Hard. I mean, he, he's he got to love the work, right? Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is kind of like a, a Clint Eastwood situation where he's just so in love with this work, he just wants to not, not stop and just keep doing it. But Clint Eastwood still didn't even work this much. Yeah, but also acting is a little less um, of a time commitment than directing is. He has six movies in post-production slated for 2022. Yeah, that's crazy. He's still going. And there's three more in all in post-production on here that don't have years attached. I will assume 2022 since they're in post. So I that mean, would be nine he, movies in 2022. Either he ran out of money and is trying to get another big break, or he just he just loves making action movies. Man, I would the run out of money argument would work if he hadn't been doing this all of his career. It's one yeah. of the most baffling star, like star. I mean, even still, you can situations. still run out of money if you're doing it your whole career. He could just be spending like crazy. Who knows? I guess, man. But you'd think his financial advisor would put a limit on that debit <laughs> card by now. 
Hey, you never know. Um, the other star of this movie, Alan Rickman, I think took a very different route. Um, this is one that I would say made him pretty big, and he worked steady, but he wasn't stuffing movies into his slate like he did. He cho- he chose movies with a little bit more, I um, I guess intention is the way to put it. Well, the only thing I know from Alan Rickman is because I grew up with Harry Potter, so that's all I think about is Harry Potter. Um, right. Um, and I think he made a shit ton of money off that, and I think he took the route where he saved his money and uh, coasted for a while. Right, but I'm t- even in between Die Hard and Harry Potter, you know, he's still he's not doing five movies a year. The most he does, he does three in a year, and one is a documentary. Um, and it looks like he's just doing stuff that interests him. Yeah, he's I mean, in a, a Robin yeah, Hood movie, we he's talked about like plays, how these, yeah, how these big actors, um, like Daniel Radcliffe, or um, <coughs> I was gonna say, I forget who's the other big one. Um, From what era? A big franchise star, Daniel a Radcliffe. Oh, Elijah Wood. Sorry, Elijah Wood is the other oh, Lord of the Rings. Okay. Um, how they have so much money where they can just take on these like weird or passion projects that they want to do. Like they can just pick and choose, you know. I think part of that is, um, especially with Elijah Wood and Daniel Radcliffe, is a typecast situation too. Like they need to take, and at the same mm. the same thing happened with Robert Pattinson. Like Daniel Radcliffe followed up Harry Potter with a movie where he plays a farting corpse. Yeah, and it's because he wanted to do that. Right, and he also needs to separate himself from that Harry Potter, you know. Sure. Yeah, I see where you're coming I mean, from, but I, I do think they're more passion projects than anything, and that's what I choose them. I don't know. He was in and he was in and out of stuff. He did Trainwreck, and he had some appearances on a TV show. He was in uh, that Horns movie. Um, he wasn't really doing putting out a ton of stuff, and then he did uh, Swiss Army Man. And mm-hmm. he played Igor in Victor Frankenstein. And now yeah. he's just doing a lot of, you know, I'd say more indie stuff like that. But yeah, I think these these big actors like Alan Rickman, who make who are in these huge franchises that have royalties and just, or keep making a, they have a good steady income coming in, they can they can really pick and choose what movies they want to do, and they don't have to to risk it doing like a small indie movie, you know. Right. I don't know. It's very interesting. the The careers of these '80s action stars are all very interesting. Mm-hmm. And like the way like. And speaking of, you know, 80s action stars, I think, so John McTiernan kind of ran this 80s action a little, I mean, I would say a little bit at least. He directed 12 movies total, two of them being Predator and Die Hard, very well-known 80s action movies, iconic 80s action movies. He also did Hunt for Red October, which is a movie that I think has lived on a little bit uh, with Sean Connery and Alec Baldwin, another Jack Ryan movie. It's um, funny that in Die Hard they make an Arnold Schwarzenegger joke right after they do. he made Predator. Right. Um his first movie was a movie called Nomads, which I don't think is an action movie. It's a horror mystery thriller. Um starring Pierce Brosnan actually. Wow, he's worked with two bronze. Um <laughs> and then he also made The Last Action Hero, which I think is kind of a, a bookmark on 
or a book end on that idea of the 80s action star. At least that's how I've heard it referred to because it's it's a while a lot of people actually praise it even though the critic reviews aren't great um it is like this the final self-aware like we know what we're doing movie you know mm-hmm. yeah i haven't seen and any of his other movies so i've never seen pre- oh sorry predator? besides predator yeah never seen hunt for red october have not only predator in this movie yeah. um Medicine Man is another one of his adventure movie, another Sean Connery flick. Wow, Sean Connery likes this guy. Um, man, and then he kind of goes out with a whimper with the Rollerball remake. Ugh. Can't mm. take that role away from Jimmy Conn. But this is like a... This movie, looking back on it with McTiernan and Willis and Rickman, you know, it's obvious that it couldn't fail, I think. Everybody has so much charisma, and McTiernan knows what he's doing directing action um yeah like you said it's peak stardom for like almost everyone in this movie right um peak or bad i mean maybe maybe die hard was bruce willis's peak i I hope not i i I feel like there's got to be something that (laughs) i don't know (laughs) like i mean he's so his character is so badass and cool in this movie like he all his dialogue um the his the action he's a great fighter he's he's a cool cop he's not like a bad cop you know right. like he's just he was so awesome the the minute you see him on screen you're just like oh this guy's cool um hans gruber is definitely not alan rickman's peak oh i know that for sure his peak is the very end of uh <laughs> harry potter and the deathly hallows part yeah. two that's for when sure. everybody's like fuck yes i love alan rickman mm-hmm. um it's very it's a very interesting movie. Paul Gleason actually, I, we, I, did you mention him? Um, Paul Gleason. Is Dwayne, he's the deputy chief that the that Roger Ebert hated. Um, yeah, I mean, I hated his character, but I thought he did a great he, job with it. He at this time might have been the most recognizable person for major audiences mm. because besides um, McTiernan's name, um, because. He was the the dickhead in um what's the movie? In Breakfast Club. Oh right. Yeah. Right. Like even though that's a you know, somewhat it was a small role, but a small role in an iconic movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many I think Bruce Willis' show was, was pretty big, but besides that, um who's in who's in that movie? Oh, it's uh Bruce Willis and uh oh the, the dickhead from Breakfast Club. The mean adult from <laughs> Breakfast Club, you know? It's very interesting. It's it's, I want it did six hundred thousand opening weekend, which is not bad, and you know clearly took off uh, to make eighty three million in the U S. and Canada. Um, I, I guess although off a lot of word of mouth. Yeah, I mean, this movie is I think has something for everyone. It's it's, it's yeah, all it around a great movie, not just an um, action movie. For sure, what's uh. What's your favorite action scene? Honestly, I really loved the fist fight that he gets in with, um, I forget the guy's name, but the long hair, blonde dude, the Russian yeah. dude. Or the first German. one? He, is that the first one he kills? The one he hangs. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. Um, just because that, 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 that hand-on-hand combat was so well done. Like I feel like nowadays I'm so like numb and used to like Marvel where they cut every one second. 
but that movie did it so well where you can just like you can see every punch even though like the sound effects of the punch were a little cheesy but that, that was bad. for its time um but besides that like it was believable to me like i was watching the whole thing and be like oh shit they're throwing re- like real punches it was great yeah it looks uh, really good um yeah and then the hanging with the chain that, w- that was so well done i love that um yeah, also all the shootout scenes were, were really great too. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely the hand on hand. What about you? I kind of I'm cheating because I have a couple. Um, yeah, it's one tough that to I want. One that I want to throw an honorable mention to is when, uh, what's his name? Oh God, Reginald Bell Johnson is driving around. You know, uh, the complex parking lot. He goes inside and then comes back out, and Bruce Willis is trying to signal him, and then he's got to shoot two guys, and yeah. they're running along the top of the of the table, and he's underneath it, and then it ends yeah, this exact table. The bo- yeah, it ends with him throwing the body out of the window onto Val Johnson's car. I yeah. thought that that's a great one. Um, and then, oh, I just forgot. Oh, the shootout with. Uh, Han, when Hans is there, when he's trying to trick John McClane into thinking, you know, he's just one of the hostages who escaped. Right. And they're shooting the glass because they're like, this guy's barefoot. Mm, yeah. Every time I watch that, I'm get, I get like a pit in my stomach because I'm like, oh, now I got to watch Bruce Willis run on glass barefoot. By the way, um, you've probably seen this. I was scrolling through the letterbox reviews um, after I watched this movie. And ev- almost every single review, there had someone had to throw in a Tarantino joke. Yeah. This is Tarantino's favorite movie because uh, Bruce Willis is barefoot the whole time. I can't believe nobody said something about like this is why he got the Pulp Fiction role. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Tarantino probably is obsessed with this movie. Lots of bare feet. It's, uh, it's a two-hour shoe ad. God, when he is digging into his feet to get the glass out, I just because you know I've you know if you step on glass and like especially if it breaks off and there's a little splinter in there. You can't, you can't function. You can't. And the first line of the movie, make fists with your toes. Yes, that's true. And what a way to open a film, too. Yeah, that was a we- it's a weird opening. Yeah, make fists As, with your toes. But with, it definitely with, sticks with you. When I'm on a plane with, I have to sit next to a stranger, I, I don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm putting my headphones in, I'm listening to music or a podcast, and I'm reading my book. Or yeah. I'm watching a shitty movie on this Especially planet. now with COVID. I mean, you have the mask on. You're totally talk not talking to, to anyone. No, don't talk to me. Um, if I don't know you, don't talk to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like I planes think... were a lot more social back in the day. Especially oh, when you can smoke much. on them, too. Well, he's just he's not even a, a air marshal. He's just a cop, and he's got his strap on the freaking plane. And yeah. the guy's next to him sees it. And he's like, don't worry, I'm a cop. If I see a guy with a gun on a plane, I don't care if he tells me I'm a cop. I'm like, hey, <laughs> hang on. We got something going on over here with this guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, make fists with your toes. I think the my favorite and I think what's been the most iconic and lasting scene is gun duct, duct tape to the back. Yeah, that was awesome. It's very cool. Uh, very well done. Yeah, and also, like, um, to add on to, like, other action movies, this movie's action was also very original, too. Right. Like, everything you see in this movie, you don't see in other movies. He's using, he's rappelling down with a strap of a machine gun that he's got hooked in between this weird ledge, and then 
he's also rappelling down with a freaking fire hose. Mm-hmm. You know. I love how his tank top turn goes from white to like completely black by the end. It's Great little crazy. touch. Um, it's great. It's everything about it is interesting, um, and it's never slow. You know, not at all. It, it, it immediately just like starts and keeps going. The pace is amazing. It keep yeah, it keeps you interested. And one way it keeps you interested is some of the most quotable lines of all, all time there are so many good quotes i was like writing down quotes for notes and mm-hmm. i have let's see one two three four five six yeah i have like eight quotes on here all right l- let so me get a top ones. five let me get a top five from you i mean okay yippee motherfucker obviously right iconic line um make fist with your toes i wrote down this is what a great opening line um one of the best is when um He's talking to the the cop and he goes, "Welcome to the party, pal." That was yep. a great line. That's a good one. Um, when he's trying to contact the police and he goes, "Shit, lady, does it sound like I'm trying to order a pizza?" Right. Classic. Um, <laughs> that the uh, the chief of police when the um, when the helicopter blows up with the FBI agents and the chief of police goes, "I guess we're gonna need some more FBI guys." um i have an agent's quote or uh fbi quote on here um i like when they uh walk up and he goes i'm agent johnson this is special agent johnson oh how you doing no relation (laughs) (laughs) kills me um so i i have an honorable mention of those that line i think it's hilarious um Mm. and then mclean in the air vent come out to the coast we'll get together have a few laughs you know <laughs> so funny every single time um I yeah the dialogue just like, like it's so quippy and like smart and funny it's just i love it um does it look like i'm ordering a pizza was one of mine mm-hmm. and then i had uh my all-time favorite one is uh when ellis goes hans booby i'm your white knight <laughs> Yeah. just kills me every time i reference that way too much yeah way so many much. iconic quotes in this movie oh and so the last one that's very iconic is after he drops him out of the window happy trails hans mm-hmm. that's a great one yeah um i will say one nitpick i have here you were talking about there being loose ends and i did i don't have this on the uh outline but they're not getting in that limo and drive it away that night we're we're doing we're doing some statements. We're going to the ER. I honestly, the, yeah, the, I do agree the, with you. But I loved how they got in the limo and just got drove away. Just because it's like, uh, it's it's like you know you're watching a movie. Like this is a very movie movie. You know what I mean? Right. And so like that just like it's like a cherry on top. Like it's just a nice like little the end to the to the movie. You know. Well, I'm but I'm suspending disbelief the entire time. You know that's a big <laughs> part of movies. But then when I see. Him getting that limo, I'm like, hang on, hang on. We're going to the ER. We're sewing up feet. The FBI, Homeland Security, lots of people have lots of questions here. Oh, there yeah. are statements to be given and maybe a little bit of lockup time till they figure out what's going on with old John. Also, the wife just uh, punches the reporter right in the face. Yeah. And then hops that's right a, in the to car. quote Billy Madison, that's assault, brother. Like- <laughs> oh, also, speaking of other punches... 
when the limo driver by the way limo driver great character love his little arc that love he has. the limo driver yeah um when he crashes into the van the, the getaway driver the getaway van badass one punch knockout to the dude immediately yeah knocks and he does him it out. he does it he doesn't do the oh shit man he kind of like he shakes his hand a little bit but he's smiling yeah. he's like i just fucked up a terrorist like yeah i just knocked him out with one punch to be fair, it was the uh, the nerdy one doing all the hacking, but you know we'll give but him. But still, credit. this was a kid. This guy was like sixteen years old. <laughs> so that is like top three worst reporters of all time. He went and found his fucking kids. That was like Jake Gyllenhaal and Nightcrawler. I mean, yeah, but like even I don't even know if in Nightcrawler he would like if there's a guy trying to take down terrorists, he would go put his kids on national television. Yeah. That was pretty fucked up. By that point, that story's being syndicated nationally, right? Like, mm-hmm. also, there was a weird little arc there with the main news anchor of that studio, like being a dick. Yeah, that was a little weird. It kind of like, felt like the um, the director was like trying to say something about the news and like how they're like greedy and like invasive and all that. But then he kind of just like brushes it off. And it's just like a little thing. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's stuff like that whenever I see that. And, of course, I'm referencing Heat again. Always reminds me of in Heat when it's like Wayne Grove being a serial killer feels like it should be a bigger plot line. Or uh, the Allstate guy being the random, being the fry cook. Like, we don't really need to know his entire, like, that. it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. That plot line just starts with Allstate guy's a fry cook. And then mm-hmm. we check in on him occasionally, and he hates his job. And then now he's joining the crew. Like, you can just keep – you can just have somebody else drive the fucking car. Like, it's it's an right. added – it's Heat's almost a three-hour movie. We can cut from that. Mm-hmm. But – so it's definitely something that he had and then cut out, but he decided to keep the news anchor flubbing where Helsinki actually is. Like – Right, right. That was weird. Um – the title card in the beginning, yeah, I thought was so like I guess it's fine for its time, but it just felt so like retro and old school. Uh, the metallic so text just banging together, Die Hard. It's perfect. Yeah, it fits the movie perfectly. I just saw that and laughed. I was just like, this is so old and retro, but it oh, works. It's the best. Um, I was expecting I... like a sound effect, like the boom, boom. Die. How many of the sequels have you seen? I think I saw Die Hard 2, and then I saw the most recent one. I forgot what it was called. Um, it wasn't, like, it's a like, number. It's, like, uh, Die Harder or something. It's, like, no, Too Old die to hard Die two. Hard or something like that. It's, like, Die Hard. With, not not with a vengeance. There's another one after with a vengeance. Um, live Free or Die Hard. Yeah. Or is it A Good Day to Die Hard? It's no, A Good Day to Die Hard. A Good Day to Die Hard, yep. 2013. Yeah, yeah I saw that in theaters. Um, good Lord. It was fine. It just felt like a. It just felt like nostalgic. It was like a rehash, basically. Yeah, I mean, they all are, but yeah, it was cool. Um, it was fun. Mary Elizabeth Winstead's in that one. I love her. She's yeah. great. Scott Pilgrim, Ramona. Mm-hmm. Michelle, Tim Cloverfield. But I have never seen any of the sequels, and I might watch Die Hard two tonight. I mean, yeah. From what I remember, uh, I saw it a while ago. It's it's kind of the same thing. It's kind of just like, hey, you want to see Die Hard again? You want to see Bruce Willis be a badass cop again? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, and except in this time, we're crawling around vents of a airport. 
Dude, by the way, the vent shot in this movie was so awesome. He flicks on the lighter. It was shot so beautifully. The lighting was uh, on par in this movie. That's when he gives, come out to California, we'll have a few laughs. Mm -hmm. It's great. Great little vent scene. Um, Also, another big thing I loved about this movie was the bromance at the end between uh, Bruce Willis and Bill Johnson. When they get that big hug, it's like a little slow-mo action. They start smiling when they see each other. Ugh. It's such a great bromance. You need that payoff. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was just so satisfying at the end. Just uh, Nice big um, hug. One thing I don't necessarily think you need is Vel Johnson's character accidentally murdering a kid. <laughs> that has aged so poorly, too. Uh, with Oh, boy, it has aged very poorly. Yeah, um, I guess. We, we can just have everybody around there, like, berate him for being like oh you push you push papers all this shit and then he actually shoots the guy and then that's much better than oh i shot a child Mm -hmm. 13 years old that also stops the movie dead in its tracks like these two were having like a like a ha-ha relationship the whole time like oh these are the guys are fucking idiots like look at us we're taking these people down and then he's like yeah i murdered a kid yeah, it did come a little out of nowhere, but I don't know, it didn't take me out of it. I was just kind of like, all right. Well, when I was rewatching it this time, I was just like, I because I, I haven't seen this movie probably in a while, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh shit, oh no, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I forgot about this part. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it stops it dead in its tracks. I think. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. He's like, so I figured pushing papers was better than risking taking another life or something. And then he like, Oh, what do you know? He gets to put six, six shots in the last German <laughs> trauma dealt with eighties. <laughs> yeah. That's the eighties. That's all I gotta 80s. say. <laughs> you gotta wait anything spends, in the eighties. Then he spends two more years in therapy. <laughs> oh man. I love it though. Um, I love Ellis's character. We didn't really hit on that very much, but just this cocky asshole, and just everyone knows that guy, and he's like going up to Hans, like, "Hey, I, me and John are close personal friends. I can get him here for you." Dude, yeah, like the classic cocaine druggy salesman. Yeah, the co- the coke in the, is so funny in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, when he and tries he, to negotiate. It's great. Takagi is like, well, in the very beginning when he first meets John, and he's like got his face buried on John's wife's desk, and is like, oh, you know, oh, good to see you. And Takagi's like, yeah, this is Holly's husband, the cop. And he's like, <laughs> oh, sorry. And John just goes, you missed some. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's oh, so funny. And then he has the nerve to just he like. Scoop! If you look at him when John's walking past him, he goes, he scoops it with his finger out of I his mustache that, yeah. and puts it back in his nose. <laughs> just this fucking guy, just you know, doesn't think literally thinks he's bulletproof, and then he's going to try to talk Hans out of this shit, and is like, I can get John back with your detonators, and then gets shot. Like literally, like you're not so bulletproof, motherfucker. Like <laughs> here we go. Cocaine is one hell of a drug. <laughs> Oh Got you God. killed. That's what happened in Climax last night. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of coke in Climax still. Was it coke? Oh, my Lord. No, no, no. It's in the punch, and this isn't even spoiling anything. In the punch, it's LSD. But yeah, they're it's like, acid. They're like, but they're like, how do we, 
What goes what goes with co- with LSD? How do we get off of it? Like, how does it help? And they go, they go, cocaine. <laughs> we gotta get some coke. And there's like one girl who has coke, and they're like, give us the of coke. Of course. Yeah. It's what would wild. help in the situation? Cocaine. <laughs> they're like, it's like what they somebody says like, what's the antidote? And I'm like, not coke. <laughs> For coke, coke users, 100% coke. <laughs> yeah. Every time. I guess. Oh man. Yeah, yeah this action movie. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I, I, nothing I haven't said before, but I just I really loved it this time around. It's just it feels so fresh and original from like all the other like Marvel or whatever action movies that have been coming out. This just this feels so different, and it it really shows right. how timeless this movie is. I think it might be a like because like Lethal Weapon was also coming out around this time. I yeah. think, and also like Dirty Harry and stuff, which is another cop, type you know cop superhero movie. Um, I think for the time, it's kind of a little bit of the situation we're, we're looking at with these Marvel movies, but I think even for those, it is very original and fresh and a new look at things we hadn't seen before. Yeah, very um, compelling characters, too. And f- watching it again right now is like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Because, like I've said a million times, I love those movies, but sometimes I just need, I feel like I need a break and I need to watch an old action movie or uh, I think a John wick is a, is a good example of a modern mm-hmm. action movie that does something different. Yep. But now everything's trying to be John wick. And so that's going to be a whole nother problem. And then I need exactly. to go watch die hard again. So. <laughs> it always just comes back to die hard. Right. Um, so on this topic, do you think die hard is the best action movie made? The best action movie ever made? Yeah. No. Okay. I think there's, there's, there's better. For sure. Do you? I think it's up there, 100. Are you really just? Are you like? I th- you're coming. You're really high off of this Die Hard rewatch. You just. Am I just because I just wait, I watch it? I'm just it's so <laughs> yeah. fresh in my mind. I don't know, yeah, but man. Uh, it hit me. It hit me. I don't know. We'll get. We'll I definitely get think it it's eventually. up there. I think Terminator 2: Judgment Day has something to say mm, about that too. Fair. But yeah, this one I feel like maybe it's because it's pure action basically the whole time. It is. It's, it's kind of like a Mad eight. Max. Yeah, it also has a, has something to say about best action movie of all time. Um, I mean, I just love the I love this type of movie. There's always a place for it. Just something that feels like an adrenaline shot, you know? Yeah, it and really is the ultimate Christmas movie that may or may not be a Christmas movie. Well, we're gonna we'll we'll find out about that later on. Um, we're gonna have some heavy hitting contenders coming up. I don't have the slate built yet, but I do know one thing that will be on it is Batman Returns. I'm putting that on there for this week, I think. All right. I'm a big fan of that movie. You got any relationship with that movie? Um, not really. I mean, I'm, I'm a big Batman fan, um, but it's, it's not towards the top of my list. Um, actually, you know what? Here, I'll do it. I'm going to do this right now. You're going to watch. We're going to watch the magic live. Okay. We are doing Batman Returns, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Catch Me If You Can, and Eyes Wide Shut. That's gonna, what's going to be on there. Okay. Solid right. list. Be on our Twitter. Go vote. All right. You got anything left, buddy? That's it for me. All right. Well, yippee ki motherfucker. I appreciate you coming on as always. Yeah, uh, and feel better, too. Hopefully this cough goes away. I got through it at the end there. I did real well. Yeah. All right. I'll see you next time, buddy. Till next time. Oh, 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 oh,